Welcome back to Talk Green to Me. This is the second part of our episode nine for National Nutrition Month. Today, our special guest is Valerie Espinoza. Valerie is a registered clinical dietitian and she studied nutrition. She's going to talk with us today about how doing good for the planet also is doing good for your body. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's get started. How did you get into the field of nutrition? Well, it really began when I was around 12 years old. Um, I started reading a book, Inner Cleansing Cures, and I was just intrigued by the fact that it had a lot of home remedies and uh, a focus on how food kind of is the cure or was the cure to a lot of our common chronic diseases and um, issues that we have. And so it kind of led me to the realization that, you know, you really are what you eat. As a clinical dietitian, what does your job currently entail? So typically what I do is um, I kind of assess and monitor hospitalized patients, um, making sure that their diseases and their illnesses and their nutritional needs are kind of all being synchronized and met. Um, and then on my spare time, I like to go on my social media platforms and talk about nutrition and, and provide awareness and education. Um, when you make these considerations or recommendations, do you usually take the environment or sustainability into account as well? I have this idea that if we harm our environment, we really are harming our food system and in turn we are harming ourselves. So I always try to encourage people to choose less processed foods, uh, the more organic, the better overall environmentally sustainable foods, um, because those kinds of products are typically going to be products with less chemicals, less harmful effects to not just our bodies, but also to the environment. So it really is connected just with sustainability and food and our bodies as well. So it's not just what we can do for protecting our planet. It's also beneficial to us as individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could say that like whenever we're polluting any of our systems, whether it's aquatic, whether it's air, whether it's just anything, we're also polluting our bodies because our bodies are made out of matter. And that pollution is kind of getting into our bodies and affecting us. What are the major issues with sustainability and nutrition? Cost and demand. I would say that um, part of the reason why there's maybe less sustainable foods or maybe people are not eating as sustainably is because the cost of it is a little bit more expensive. So that's one aspect. And the demand of food has significantly increased in the last century, you could say. I mean, even portion sizes people are eating crazy amounts and, and to keep up with that demand, foods have over time become less environmentally friendly. So I think it's a profitable market to make things like it's more processed per se. And it's also meeting the demands of the consumers. Um, but like for people who are in areas of the country or in the world that are considered in food drought, so they don't have access to nutritious food um, and more so like processed or packaged foods or um, fast food because it's cheaper too. Do you have any recommendations for them how they could possibly get access to better nutrition? So the food drought problem, it, it has a lot to do with climate. So unless we solve the real root of the issue, then we're going to keep running into the same thing. You know, we're going to keep having to give them packaged foods and then they're going to keep having health problems. So I would say the best thing for 
countries or areas where they're lacking of water or lacking of sustainable food is to kind of increase education and awareness to how to bring at least accessible water to those areas, kind of getting people on board. I know, for example, Dubai, I know it's a very rich country, um, but they use a distillation to kind of, because they don't have any water, to get the seawater and then turn it into usable water. And then what they do is they recycle all of that water very sustainably. So I think getting more uh, water conservation and also um, getting more access to water is going to be a huge culprit of getting food, natural food and healthy food to populations in um, impoverished areas and in drought areas especially. And that's where engineering and, and all of those things come into play. And you said that you're trying to, you know, veer people away from processed foods and stuff. Are there certain food groups or trends that you're seeing, diets that kind of also go along with the sustainability factor? Or are the trends in diet more related to like people's health? Both. Um, I've seen some diets that I could say are probably helpful for sustainability. But I've also seen um, diets that may not be. You could say that there's a Whole Food um, 30, I think it's Whole 30, which also focuses a lot on um, clean eating and things like that. There's, um, of course, plant-based diets. Those are also going to be a little bit more environmentally friendly and more sustainable in practice. And then um, on the other end of the spectrum, you'll have diet trends that are um, a little bit more harmful, and that's where you could see the Atkins diet, which is um, a focus on red meat consumption. It's a focus on animal product consumption or even the ketogenic diet, which a lot of people tend to eat more fat, more um, meat products because they're trying to avoid uh, carbohydrates, even like fruits. They're trying to avoid that because they're so restricted. Are some of these more sustainable in terms of their impact on the environment? Clean eating, um, any whole clean eating diets, maybe plant-based diets, even the DASH diet and the Mediterranean diet would be more ideal, probably the best um, in terms of sustainability if people had to follow a diet. Yes, yeah, I we're not familiar. For people who don't know, I guess the Mediterranean diet is, again, focusing on like seafood and a lot of plant-based, about half of your Food should be plant-based, a lot of seafood, a lot of omega-3s, whole grains. So a more balanced diet is the Mediterranean. DASH diet is focusing on the less processed foods. So that's going to be the low-sodium items. And the DASH diet is really, it was made for people who have, like, um, a risk for heart disease or any sort of cardiac diseases. Um, so you said that the Mediterranean diet... Uh, involves a lot of fish. There's usually some problems or sustainability problems related to uh, fish as well. Are there certain types of fish that you would recommend or like what are the least harmful mm -hmm. to people or the most sustainable? Fish, yeah. So always, you know, definitely try to go for wild caught fish is better for consumption. Um, the bigger the fish, I always say the bigger the fish, the more mercury it will accumulate over time. Um, in terms of that, in terms of mercury specifically, we're going to see the safest fish being the Atlantic wild-caught salmon, the tilapia, and the pollock. 
shrimp also has a little bit less mercury too. The higher mercury content, we're, we're going to see mainly in like um, mackerel and um, some sort of, I think it's albacore tuna. Um, so some of the tuna species are also a little bit higher in the uh, mercury content. What are the main challenges with sourcing sustainable foods in general? You think about if you have to do everything organically or naturally per se, um, a lot of the farmers would probably lose, or at least back in the day, they would lose a lot of the their crop yields, and essentially they would lose money, and there would be a higher price for those foods. The biggest challenge is how can we meet the demand of crops or all types of foods, and how can we keep costs down for the consumer, but also for the producers, which are the farmers, agriculturalists, et cetera. So that's kind of where the use of maybe harmful chemicals have come into play over the last century or more. That's where the use of GMOs, um, et cetera, finding ways to yield more profit and yield uh, better results. Is there anything consumers can do to kind of help those economics? Should um, people like demand more natural options or do you think there's anything we can do? That's a good question. Yeah, I would say a couple of things people can do is personally, people should try to kind of grow their own foods if they have the space, if they have any um, little bit of like land in the backyard. Growing your own foods, more sustainable, of course, um, even from the seeds. You know, you can definitely easily grow peppers and many of the fruits and the vegetables are very easily grown in many different climates. So if people can grow their own foods, that's a one way. Um, the second way is, yeah, to demand foods that have less harmful practices. If we're purchasing foods that are kind of harming the environment, then we're kind of fuel, adding fuel to the fire, you know? But if we cut back on the demand and we're demanding more healthy foods, then government policies and companies will start recognizing that and kind of gearing more towards organic sustainability and more towards um, environmentally safe practices for their um, farming and agriculture. So I think paying attention to which companies are more environmentally aware and um, aiming towards kind of buying those types of foods. And also organic foods are also good too. Kind of bringing awareness to any kind of um, harmful chemicals that are being used uh, regularly on our foods. I mean, bringing awareness can hopefully change policy. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are great suggestions. I really hope our listeners at least some of those at into least account. one. <laughs> um, are there certain food types or certain food products that you see this being a much bigger problem for? You already mentioned meat and stuff, but in terms of vegetables or something, are there certain individual food items that you would especially recommend avoiding? I, I love all sorts of vegetables. I, I think they have a lot of... Um, positive things. You just have to keep in mind that um, when it comes to health, whenever you're eating foods that maybe are not organic or maybe um, you're not sourcing them yourself or maybe you're not sure about their, you know, farming practices, um, those produce and foods may have chemicals in them based on pesticides or herbicidal use. Um, of course, they're more likely going to be GMOs. So just keep that in mind, but it's better if you ask in the grand scheme of things, it's better to eat fruits and vegetables than not eat them at all. Like 
not everybody can afford, you know, organic or non-GMO foods or whatever. So it's better to eat fruits and get those antioxidants, get those anti-cancer benefits, et cetera, rather than avoiding them. Yeah, so just, I think the biggest thing is, um, if I had to really say, I would say soy products probably are the most processed foods. Oh. Uh, and then definitely soy. So like, are there any other foods you would avoid or are harmful? Um, I mean, there's a lot. There's so many things that, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, one part of it is like, okay, it's, it could harm you. Um, but then there, there's other parts of it where it's like, okay, it has some benefits too. So um, I would say that definitely processed meat. I mean, I would not just the meat aspect of it, but the fact that they add so many preservatives into processed meat. A lot of them have been linked to cancer and very, very bad um, negative health outcomes. I would say processed meat should be on the top of the list, um, along with going again with sugar-sweetened beverages. And then as far as um, fresh and natural foods, I wouldn't really say there's a specific food, but uh, palm oil, of course, any palm oil containing foods, and then any of the um, red meat products. So what about palm oil? Well, palm oil has a lot of good properties for cooking and for the taste of it. It has like a rich buttery flavor. If anyone's had candy or Nutella, palm oil is in a lot of those great tasty foods. But as far as the environmental impact, it's uh, quite negative because it has a, a very negative impact on the um, tropical species, the forest species, all of those things, plants, the orangutans, all of that is negatively being impacted because of the demand for palm oil. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you want people to know um, that you haven't already mentioned uh, about their nutrition or foods to take care of their health? Well, I would just say, you know, try your best to um, eat as natural as possible. You don't have to necessarily buy organic foods if you can't, but um, fruits and vegetables are always going to be top tier in terms of health benefits and outcomes. Always, always go for fresh and natural. That's going to be um, the, the top tier. And then the second thing I would say is that, you know, reduce your red meat intake. If you are, you know, eating a lot of red meat, you should probably reduce it because there's a lot of research also on the negative effects of high consumption of red meat. And of course, the negative effects on the environment too. So um, if we can kind of work in both ways, that would be great. Um, one of the things I recommend to people if they're confused as to like what to eat and what to buy is to always look at the ingredient list whenever you buy food. And if you can't pronounce it, if you don't know what the name is, if it doesn't sound like a, a name of a food, then it's probably not. It's probably a preservative or a chemical. And those kinds of chemicals and preservatives can be uh, hormone disruptors. They can alter um, our metabolic functions and they can have negative health outcomes in the long term with frequent consumption. So. We have to keep that in mind whenever we are choosing foods, always look at the ingredients. And like I said, the closer you are to nature, the better you're going to be for, for diet and eating. How about packaged foods? Where do they stand? As far as the best packaged foods, I would say the ones that are probably organic, the ones that are maybe not in like 
like harmful plastics. And when you just read the ingredients of packaged foods, that's what the, the biggest indication of how is this food for my health? If you're seeing all these like additives into your food item, then you know that maybe it's not the best food to eat. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. Okay, that makes sense. And we learned from talking to uh, someone who does like multi-layer packaging in one of our previous episodes that you have to have sort of different layers of plastic to be able to protect whatever's inside. Yeah, keep the oxygen and the moisture out of the stuff so that they don't degrade or go stale. So and And those are harder to recycle when you have different components in your packaging. Yeah, definitely. I think with packaged food, it's not just related to the foods themselves. It's also like what you're using in order to keep all the food safe to eat. As a final thought, do you have any fun facts that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, so um, there's about 50,000 edible produce in the world, and we're only eating about a handful. So I, I would like to encourage everyone to get creative, go to the farmer's market or the international market. And I know sometimes if you're not used to it or if it doesn't look like a banana, don't eat it, you know, but just get creative and, you know, try new produce and um, and it's okay. There's, again, 50,000 edible plants and we should try to, um, and, and a lot of them have crazy amount of health benefits. And um, yeah, I think we can get creative and try something new. Do you, do you have one that's like a favorite of yours that you want to shout out? I do. It's, um, it's mainly in South Asia. It's called lichus. I don't know if you guys have heard of those, but um, I don't know if it's called the same, but it's like a sour fruit. Yeah, with and like a red skin on it. Yeah, it's really is it tasty. different? Is it different than lychee or is that the same thing? I think it's the same yeah, it, it's really delicious. I that's one thing, and um, there's one Asian like vegetable which I encourage people if they can find it in the Asian markets. It's called bok choy, uh, and it's almost like a kale, but it's a very delicious version of kale. It's like kale, but not as sour and bitter. It's much better than kale. It's bok choy. I I like that one. Yeah, I I went to a farmer's market once and this um, little girl was trying to sell me bok choy like she was helping out her dad who started farming and um, growing like Asian foods and she's trying to sell it to me and I was like, I I don't know what to do with this. Oh yeah, I love bok choy. Oh yeah, uh, it's so I good. I had some it's for lunch the other day and Nasreen was commenting on it. I told her this exact story. Yeah. yeah. But I should... <laughs> Nice. Be more adventurous next time and buy the bok choy and it's try it out. It's as easy as like steaming the vegetable and eating it. Do you guys have any um, ideas or any suggestions for how um, sustainability can be, you know, improved in our food system? Oh, wow, no one's ever turned it around and asked us a question before. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, mm-hmm. like like you said, if you can grow something in your backyard, that would be good because that also just reduces transportation costs and there's like CO2 emissions and all sorts of energy considerations with transporting foods from like really long distances and all everything that's involved in growing things. So if you can do it locally, that would be better. And then you kind of have more control of what you're actually feeding the things that you're growing and eating. So that's what I would think about. Yeah. I think as time goes on, hopefully um, 
you know, more science and technology will find out more research as to the best, you know, more safer practices of um, sustainability and, and agriculture because, you know, we know that in the next 10, 10 years or more, there's going to be at least 1 to 2 billion people added to our planet and the climate is not getting better. So we have to find overall long-term solutions, the demand for food, but also the safety of food. Cool. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. And um, if anybody has questions about nutrition or general suggestions for me, you can always find me on Instagram at the nutritionista and it's V as in Valerie and then N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N-I-S-T-A. And that's my Instagram and that's also my Gmail. So just send me an email message, any questions you have. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Nasreen Khan. Music by Saucy Boy Records. You can find us at the hashtag TGTM podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Or you can email us comments, questions, concerns at talkgreentomepodcast at gmail.com.